0: Those that are watching online, we want to welcome you today, wherever you're watching from, amen, and uh, please subscribe to everything we're doing there today, amen. If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 145, and we're going to read from verse number one, and we're going to read together, and then, uh, then I'll tell you what I want to talk to you about today, Amen. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 145, verse number one, it says, I will exalt you, my God and my King. It's powerful. Notice he says, my God and King. See, that's why you got to walk with your Bible. Everybody looking at the screen, ain't, ain't nothing up there. It's, it's, in, it's actually in your Bible. Amen. This ain't your Bible. <laughs> Come on, make some noise for Jesus. There you go. There go your Bible. (laughs) Amen. It says, I will exalt you, my God and king. He could have just said God, right? That would have been it. Like, why God and king? And praise your name forever and ever. That's a long time to praise somebody. Right. Remember when you talked to cats on the streets and you used to try to convince them that the Lord is good? They used to be. A, 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 they tried to joke with you. I don't know if y'all got friends like that. They used to say, "So when we go to heaven, what we gonna do?" <laughs> right. Said, "Well, you know, we we gonna be praising God for eternity." They'd be like, "Bro, we just gonna be like in one long church service." See, we think that praise is the songs we sing. See, if you don't understand what praise truly is, praise can sound boring because the truth is, not everybody likes singing. Some people are, uh, 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 are not loud people, and I understand that as a pastor. I understand that sometimes when I say shout unto God with a voice of triumph, some people's personality is like, oh my gosh. What do you mean shout on to God? <laughs> well, it's for the shouters. But some people are, I guess what they call it, introverts. And so being in a room like this, they like, I can't wait to leave. Yeah. Right? Some people, personalities like that. Others come in the room, and they just got to let everybody know, I am in the room. Yeah. What? Up? <laughs> okay, tough crowd. But... He says, I will praise the Lord forever. So what does that really mean? Right? He says, I will praise you, not just forever and ever, but every day. <laughs> and I will praise you forever. He, all right, we get it. We get it, David. You're going you're to be praising the Lord a long time. Then he tells you why. He says, because what? Great is the Lord, and the old school says it different, and greatly, worthy of praise. His greatness, no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful... How many of you God has done wonderful works in your life? Hallelujah. Sounds like two people. Go on. He says, they tell of the power of your awestruck, awesome, awestruck works and i will proclaim your great deeds they celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness the lord is gracious and compassionate slow to lord is not angry he's slow to it amen and rich In love. Love. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. You know, as I got older, the the other day I was watching my son Shy. Shy, I don't know if he's going to be a chef or what, but every time I'm missing Shy, he's in the kitchen. And he's usually making some weird concoction that he's going to ask me to try out, but everything inside of me says this might be the last time you ever drink or eat something. <laughs> so yesterday <I laughs> he was in the kitchen and he, his mom was telling him, get ready to come to the event that we were having last night. And I see this blue aqua color, strange color thing in a glass. that he said, I'm about to drink. And I said, I don't, I don't know if you should. He said, I'm mixing. And he told me the different ingredients he was using. And I start to think to myself, "It's no wonder when we were kids, we ate anything. We put anything in the body, like shy himself I guess I' pick on him today. He will pour tons of syrup on his uh, pancakes, more syrup than pancakes. If you're still doing that, I know what the doctor telling you. I don't even have to talk to your doctor. hallelujah and it's no wonder when we were young now they got them in all these fancy brands but when we were younger your mother and stuff used to come to you and give you that nasty little oil pill to drink said this is good for you, this vitamin and we thank God for the ministry of Flintstone it made it start to taste better come on, give it up for Flintstone kids 10 million strong and growing we are Flintstone kids All of you, at one point, was a Flintstone kid, come on. And so what they were doing is supplementing or adding to your body things that they know the sugar is destroying. Come on. So when you get older, Sister Jackie, who is my wonderful mother-in-law, will come over to the house and she thinks she's a doctor. Come on, come on, Sherry. Back me up here before I get in trouble by myself. Hallelujah. Right? Right. She would come over and she would have all these supplements. And she would go to Savannah. Did you take your vitamins today? Come on, Savannah. Don't leave me out on this island. Sister Jackie over there holding her whole face. And she would bring all the supplements in the house. And um, as you get older, they tell you, You go to the doctor, and the doctor tells you, add this, add this. And I'm like, like, what's a supplement? Let me tell you what a supplement is. A supplement, simply defined, is something that completes or enhances something else when added. Something that should be present in you, you add the supplement, it enhances it, or it completes it, or it adds to it. And so when you take your vitamin supplement, what it's doing is adding to what should be present there. Mm -hmm. And whatever is lacking, it completes it. It adds to it. It adds to it. And so today, the title of my message is, Just Like You Need Physical Supplements, You Need Spiritual Supplements. And I want to talk to you about one of them today. The Spiritual Supplement... Or, if I really wanted to go a whole nother way, the weapon of praise. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise is something that we have, that the Lord has given to us, that it, when, when, when we do it, it adds. It enhances our spirituality. It makes us stronger. Come on. During, during the height of COVID, I spoke to another brother of mine. He said, you know what my doctor told me? If my vitamin D levels are up, I'll get a virus. I drank a whole bunch of vitamin D and walked around like COVID man. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I've been exercising lately. Hallelujah. And uh, the other day I went to Sherry and I said, I mean, I did like 10 push-ups. Like, I don't like... I ain't crazy, but I felt strong that day. Walked up, she see what's going on. She said, "You look." <laughs> I ain't gonna tell you all what she told me. Hallelujah, but pray for my wife. When you feel stronger, when you feel like the things that when you've been eating right, just like in your physical body and you start to get more energy, there are things available in the spirit that can can help this mind. Come on, somebody. There are weapons. There are supplements. There are things that God has given to us that we often, like real vitamins, never take. We pour syrup. We pour the talk shows and the podcasts and the Instagram and the Facebook. More than we turn it off and say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to give you some praise today. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 And I want to talk to you today about the supplement of praise. Why does God, I shouldn't say want or need, because God really doesn't need anything. The book of Acts says this about God, right? It says in Acts chapter 17, verse 25, it says, Human hands can't serve his needs. Y'all see that in your Bible? Yeah, it's hilarious looking down at y'all. Everybody's like, where is it that? (laughs) Human hands, he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. God is not in need. Anything that has a need, needs God. God doesn't need to be sustained. He is the sustainer. God doesn't need to be loved. He is love. That's why half of the times, the things that we give to God, God has to come inside of us and do it correct to give back to himself. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in the house of the Lord today. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. So why does God need praise? Well, to really understand that is to understand what praise really is. And I often use this example. Imagine your favorite athlete goes at the end of the season and he's about to pull up for the last shot. And as he pulls up, Two seconds left on the clock. Rich takes the shot. It was a dream of mine. Never happened, Lord. I need you right now, Lord. (laughs) But imagine your favorite athlete pulls up with three seconds on the clock. Two, one, game on the line. He takes the shot. And that moment freezes because you know you're going to come to church and argue with all the LeBron fans if that shot don't go in. Hallelujah. Especially brother Fred laughing over there funny already. You're waiting for the shot to land, and then, boom, it drops in. And then suddenly, the announcer comes on and says, everybody in the building, do not show emotion. Remain silent. Or in your house, your dad gets up and says, or, or, or whoever, aisle, your wife turns, you say, do not show any emotions. You say, hey, man, you tripping, man. I watch, I've done bought League Pass. I done watch every game. I done watch every, I done listen to Stephen A for the whole season, talk about this man for this moment and now that he finally got the moment, you gonna tell me not to feel anything? See, what's happening in that moment is the act that he is committing is demanding an emotion. Y'all see, y'all see. It's like if, how many of you, you know what I'm saying, you got a bill, a mortgage or something, right? Imagine you pulled up to pay your mortgage online and somebody says, there's a dude named Walter Scott. I just made that name up. If your name is Walter Scott, it ain't you. Paid your $500,000 mortgage, but you must not show emotion. Got to give a little woo 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 woo. <laughs> the act is demanding something from me. The ah, oh, y'all see where I'm going with this today? The act is demanding some. If 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 you were told you were incredibly sick in body with something terminal. And a surgeon showed up and said, I found a pill that will take this right out. I've worked all night on it. Take this. But do not get excited when you can now live another 20 years. The act The the ability to heal, the ability to win victories, the ability to fix things, the ability to solve every problem when it's done in your life. Naturally, even if you aren't a person that is boisterous, there is an emotion that is evoked inside of you that it demands. And somebody wrote it in a song like this, an incredible God, an incredible God. The God who flung the stars, y'all don't get me? The God who flung the stars in the sky, the God who put the ocean where it is and told the ocean, you can only come thus far. The God who created heavens and earth. The God who stepped into time, created man. Hallelujah. The God who went on the cross, bled and died. The God who looked at the grave and kicked the stone open and said, I'm alive forevermore. The God who is restored. The God who has healed you. The God that has done something. The God that has restored your mouth the God that has given you a second chance the God that has forgiven your past the God that has said you are not your mistakes y'all are hearing me the same God it invokes emotions in you it's not that he needs it but an incredible God deserves incredible praise come on somebody hallelujah Oh, I just want to take a moment right there. Has he done something for somebody? Come on, come on. Then act like he really did. Your favorite athlete, hallelujah, can't can't get a bigger shout than Jesus would from your life. Hallelujah. He's the doctor of all doctors. Doctors are trying. All doctors do is try to figure out how to stop death. He went one step further. He defeated death. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. An incredible God deserves incredible praise. So when we say we're going to be praising God forever in heaven, it don't mean we're just going to be standing there singing. It means that everything you see in heaven is going to invoke some type of emotion for you to pause and say, that's a bad man. That's the oh, blow. That's that man right there. That's that. That's He the G. Understand, it's like when you listen to my bars, it's like when y'all listen to Brother Vince leave this church, you're hating, hallelujah. He over there, like, come on, somebody, when we get to heaven, heaven is gonna be glorious when you praise forever. Because what that means is that you forever gonna see things that's gonna amaze you. There's not gonna be a day he's not gonna blow your mind when you think you've seen it all, he goes, Boy, you ain't eyes have not seen. No, ears have heard. You ain't, you, if you think you ever got me figured out, I'm going to blow your mind tomorrow. Come on, somebody. An incredible God. You don't got to wait till heaven to see him blow your mind every day. And that's why you can praise him every day now if you begin to be. The problem is this. If you're not aware of what he's doing, if you are constantly distract, if you, if, if you, if your, if your music choice, and I'm not here to judge, you know what I'm saying? Do what you want. It's your life, hallelujah. But I'm just trying to show you, if your music choice every day is to listen to, and you know, the word secular just means not sacred. So when you hear secular, you always think, oh, it's the devil, right? But if your choice is to listen to ratchet stuff all day, it's gonna kind of be hard to like. Invoke emotions towards God. If your favorite Netflix series has like half pornographic material, it's going to be very hard. I really don't care. Um, if you watch stuff where they, you know, they cuss in through the whole series, like what? Pastor Rich, I would love to love God. I just don't feel what you guys feel. Of you, how you gonna feel what we feel? I just don't know about God and if He's real. Of course you don't. You in every place He's not. Your mind is every space God is. So how you expect to have any emotions towards Him? Your daily choice, your daily supplement. What are you choosing to have this body invoke? Syrup? <laughs> or the vitamins? Sister Carly laughing. Sister Carly, is car, a lot <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm guilty. I've been feeding for Popeyes for three months now on this diet and workout I've been on. Y'all don't understand the spiritual battle I have. I drive... In the streets where Popeyes is not located, everybody put in their GPS, how to get home, I put in where the Popeyes at so I could dodge it. <laughs> it is the bird that died that I might live. <laughs> <sighs> Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah! That's how you know. You know, the point I'm trying to make, just like in your physical, what's not put in can't come out. Let me tell you something. I just hope this encourages and inspire you. My wife told me, she says, see you. My wife told me, I said, see you. When you accomplish something, you feel you 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 just the the scientist on it. <laughs> Came there, I said, she said, chill, bro. There was a time. Thank God for Sister Sherry. But but the truth is, I shocked myself. I went outside when it was warm this week. I started running down the block. I made it down the block. I said, I made it down the block. (laughs) And I ain't winded. I could go another block. And I wasn't winded. And I went another and I ran for a very long time. Because what I was putting in my body was available now outside. Whereas before, what I was putting in was available too. (laughs) It is the same in your spirit. You don't put in anything that invokes worship to God. When tragedy hit, don't look for faith to arise. Come on, somebody. All right, let me, let me hurry up and get out your way. Y'all doing good? Listen to this, y'all. To receive the gifts and ignore the giver is the essence of idolatry. Write it down, write it down, write it down. Take a picture, take a picture. This generation don't take notes. They be like, zoom in, click. I'm gonna post it on Instagram. Go ahead, post it, let somebody see that. Go ahead, do your thing. Tweet it to all the presidents of the nation. Tag them. What does that mean? Everybody wants the gifts he gives, but everybody ignores the giver. We worship the gifts. We ignore the giver. We are more invoked by the gifts than we are by the giver. So our worship is not to the giver. Our worship is to the gifts. We flaunt a lot of the gifts through our social media, but we never you take a picture of like a Bible page tomorrow and post it, you get like two likes. Even the algorithms is set. <laughs> the devil system, it, it's Babylon. Babylon. <laughs> Babylon, hallelujah, come on. Brother Rasta didn't have it all wrong. <laughs> Here is a Bible. Bo- <laughs> Y'all be praying for me, right? <laughs> come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It is the essence of idolatry. We should be more enamored by the giver than by the gifts. That's why Abraham was able to tell Lot, pick whichever side you want to go. Remember when him and Lot had a big argument? Lot was his nephew. They were so rich that their company started fighting. (laughs) Apple versus Microsoft. So Steve Jobs looked over and said, listen here, uh, Bill. Let me stop that. Abraham said to Lot, pick wherever you want, and whatever you don't pick, I'll, I'll take. Lot looked at the land that was promising. Abraham took the land that didn't look so promising, because Abraham knew that being blessed is not a location. Come on, somebody. He knew that being blessed was not a location. It was a connection. And he knew that wherever you put me, as long as I got the Lord on my side, if it's a desert, it's going to grow trees. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. And so we should be more in love with the giver. Here's some benefits of a life of praise. Number one, when you learn how to be enamored and focus on God, it keeps you from pride. Because anything you begin to accomplish, you return the glory back to God. So, 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 so it helps you when the compliments become too much. See, you have to have a balance in life. You don't want to be a person with low self-esteem, but you don't want to become a prideful person. Amen. they are two extremes. You want to be balanced. And when you learn that anything you will ever accomplish is because of God, if you're a person who is always giving the credit back to him, when the compliments come, just like when the criticism come, they don't stick. They go back to the glory of God. And so you can walk into a room and still be a person that everybody loves and communicates with, Because you don't find your value in what you've accomplished. Your value is in the goodness of God. But that can only be accomplished if you're a person who is constantly being worshiping and looking to God for who he is. Amen? Here's the second benefit. When you take this supplement, it keeps you from criticism and the compliments. Like I just said, here's a third. It keeps you from complaining. Because when problem hits, you begin to realize, I know someone that this problem has never met yet. And I'm about to let him loose on this problem. And so instead of, oh, I don't know what's gonna happen and I don't know what tomorrow's gonna bring, I know who to call on. And I know he has the answer. And I know that I'm not gonna waste another moment letting the devil stress me out over this. I prayed and I let it go. Some people let go and hold on at the same time. Y'all, bad boy. You can't let go and hold on. You can't worry and pray. It's one or the other. Let go and let God. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. But when you trust Him, you start to learn I'm not going to complain anymore. I'm going to trust God. It keeps you from competing. You don't have to worry about what other people have and don't have, and you don't have to worry about what they are accomplishing. The same God that is blessing other, one preacher said it this way, if God bless my neighbor, I don't have to complain because it just simply means he's in the neighborhood. Come on, somebody. And if the Lord can do it for somebody else, listen, here's what's funny about competing. Competing is is horrible because you sitting there looking like why they deserve that well If you know they so jacked up and messed up how much more God is gonna bless you because you more jacked up and messed up too (laughs) You don't have to worry about who God is blessing and who's elevating in life when you worship God You know that the God we serve is able to take care of you and has got a plan for you and a unique calling for you And you are you and you don't have to be anybody else You just got to worry about being you and trusting for what he's got in your life. So you don't have to compete with anybody. Come on, somebody. It keeps you from competing. It keeps you free from constant discouragement and anxiety as you focus on the Lord. Let me tell you something. When the enemy gives me bad news and I tend to just go into that dark place, I promise you, the thing that gets me out is when I begin to call on God. Can I get a witness? When you just begin to say, Father, this thing has burdened me. This thing has got me sunken low. I don't want to talk. I just want to curl up in the bed and not talk to anybody. I just, I don't even want to go to, I don't want to do anything. But Father, I call on you right now. Father God, give me strength. God, you said you would never leave nor forsake. God, Moses felt this way. God, men in the Bible felt this way and you've lifted them up. Women of God felt this way and you've pulled them out. And you're no respecter of something suddenly all starts to change. And you start to remember that God says, I am the author and finisher of your faith. And that I, oh my gosh. And you begin to feel different. You move different. Anxiety leaves the room when you focus on God. Hallelujah. The Bible says he will keep you in perfect peace. Those whose minds stays on him. When you are a person who puts the supplement of praise in your life, it keeps you grateful in every circumstance. And you want to have that attitude. Grateful people talk different from complaining people. Complaining people will have three cars, five-bedroom house, a big bank account, and the battery on one of the car going. they be like, why is all of this always happening to me? <laughs> if you're guilty, say, ouch. Everything bad has happened to me. (laughs) Grateful people will walk out and see the battery and be like, oh man, ain't God good? He gave me two more cars. Complaining people start the second car, the engine go, you see? You see? You see? It's always me. Grateful people say, I got one more. Complaining people start the third one, and it blow up, but you still alive. <laughs> and They say you see. I didn't know where to go with that. I don't know. I don't know what else to break on the car, so I just blew it up. Just blow it up. At this point, grateful people to say, "I thank God I still got these." When you focus on God, God will show you what you have and not what you don't have. When your mind is not on God, you're always looking at what you don't have. Complaining people will look at their circumstance and look in the house and say, you know, it's getting rough. Inflation's high. Well, I'm preaching to myself now. I'm tired of this thing. Inflation high. This is crazy. I don't know what else to do. This All this is happening to me. Grateful people look around the house and see inflation, I say, I, like Sister Sherry, at least I'm married to Pastor Rich. <laughs> right, Sister Sherry? <laughs> some haters in this church, boy. Here's my last one. I could go on and on about the, the supplement of praise, what it does in your life. That's why when, when, when the worship team comes in here and say, worship God, they're trying to invoke you, but really it becomes a hard task if you're not enamored by him already. But if you've been living all week just watching God's hands move in your life, in every circumstance, seeing God even in the bad, you walk in the building like, you better bring it today, Sister Stacy, ready to worship Come on. People who walk in, I don't know if he's going to answer. You get what you, 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 you know. He's going to move. It helps you to really believe, this is my last one, God is working all things out for the good. Amen. Come on, somebody. When your mind is fixed on God, you begin to realize God is working. It doesn't mean that you know, you ain't going to have hard times. It doesn't mean that one day we ain't going to have to leave this earth and see God. You know, because we, <laughs> our ultimate fear is humanity is death. Everybody like, I lost money, but I ain't dead yet. <laughs> I, I, I could, you know what I'm saying? You, you just be like, at least I'm still here, bro. You crash the car, you get. I ain't dead, I ain't dead, I ain't dead. That's the main thing. But one day we will, right? Hopefully not anytime soon. I'll rebuke all of that over your life and mine as well. But the point is, even with the darkest of tragedy, the owner of eternity says, I'm working it out for good. You don't have to worry. The world is in my hands. And when your mind is constantly reminded of that, you look at everything that is coming in your life and you say, God, I know you have a plan for all of this. And listen, it is not your job because believers want to go around and make sense of it. They want to go around and be like, okay, maybe he's doing this now because he's... T-. Half of the times when God do what he do, I don't know, some of them I will never know. Abraham was told, you're going to be a father of a nation that is many people like the stars and the sand on the sea. And he saw Ishmael and Isaac. That is not exactly. But the Bible says this about Abraham, that Abraham was not looking for a promised land as in Canaan. Read it in Hebrews, what it says he was really looking for. His eyes was fixed on a city whose builder and maker is the Lord. He was looking to be where God was. Man. Hallelujah. That's why these men of faith live different. That's why Abraham took Isaac and said, boy, I'm about to cut your neck. And geez, No, I'm joking. He ain't do it like that. He ain't, he ain't do it like that. The Bible says Abraham took his son up on the hill. And when we read the Old Testament, we say, man, that's crazy, you know, to lay your son down and your son. And this is, you know, when you read it in Sunday school, it was a four-year-old boy. Hey, Dad, what's going to happen? No, this was a grown man. This was a grown man. They, some scholars believe around age 30. Which is around age 33, I should say, which is incredible because it lines up with another son that died. And the Bible says he put his son up there, the, 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 the son said, Hey, pops, man, I see, I see the wood, <laughs> see the fire. And see how y'all laugh? Because always, we always paint Isaac as this. We always paint Isaac. You remember, You remember in acting, they taught you the one the book they made us read with Lenny and the, what's it called? Of Mice and Men. And Lenny just like, and, he, and his, his boy's going to kill him. Like Lenny, Lenny playing like, I love you, George. And George about to bash his head in. We, we paint Isaac like that. Like, hey, Dad. I see the... <laughs> you have the wrong impression. Isaac was willingly laying his life down. Just like the other son was. Why you going to do this, Isaac? Read it in Hebrews because he believed some people said he believed that god was going to bring a ram no this is what the book of Hebrews says he believed that if he took his son's life god would resurrect him back from the dead because god said from his lineage a messiah would come and so he can't kill my lineage If a Messiah must come, so if he wants me to do this, he must raise his son back up. And so the other son who laid his life down got back up. These men saw, that's why when Jesus said to the Pharisees, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham rejoiced because he saw this day. How did Abraham see this day? That's when he saw it. Man, y'all ain't saying nothing to me in here. I want to close by just going back to my scriptures, and you can put it back up for me. Go from uh, 145, 1. The first part of the scripture, he's making it very clear when he says, My God, as God, he's sovereign, ruler, nothing I could do could. He's God. He's God. Today we use that word too loosely. And I don't like how we use words loosely in this generation. He's the basketball God. He's the football God. And Christians run around doing that stupid stuff too. I would say stupid. Silas would have been there. Dad, you said a bad word. Sorry, Silas. Don't give nobody the title of God. You lower it. There's one God. Who rules and reigns. He's like a god in music. In what music? Here's the problem with all of these gods, lowercase g. Their greatness is limited to the field they work in. Michael Jordan is the god of basketball, quote unquote, right? People would say that in the culture. He can't do dentistry. (laughs) There's a dentist out there be like, you can't do this. (laughs) their greatness is limited to one scope not only that they weren't born with the greatness they worked to attain it it doesn't naturally come from them and as they get older the other day I saw Jordan shot an air ball I said yo bro stop doing these clinics and letting me yo the age is there bro The greatness goes away. There's a God who never had to work to become great. He was always great. And there is no time that will ever slow him down. And he's not limited to one area. If God ever played basketball, I might be the only, I'm I'm sorry God, I blaspheme, I'm sorry. If God God ever brings himself in any field, He's not limited to any area. Come on somebody, that's why he could be a friend. He could be, He could be anything you need him to be. His, his, he's God. But he says, and King, right? King deserves allegiance. So even though he's God, it don't mean that every man, is willingly pledging their allegiance to him and David understood that I'll leave that alone but he's clearly making it plain in these first couple statements that he's going to worship God because he's worthy of praise he's making it clear also that his greatness is not limited he's unsearchable somebody said this when we cannot by searching find the bottom we must stand on the brink and adore the depth. It's back there. Please put it up so they can screenshot it. His greatness is, un- is not limited. He is unsearchable. And when we cannot, by searching, look for the bottom, where does this thing stop? Where does his greatness stop? And you can't find his greatness ever stopping. Just stand back in the door how deep it is. Come on, somebody. He's unsearchable. And that's what David is saying here. And then I want to end with these last two. Because he said in 145, he says the generations commends or passes it on and tells the next generation. That's where a lot of us are failing. You have to not only share your testimonies to your friends that are your age. Bring your kids in the room. Sit them down and say, I wanna tell you what God has done in my life. They are gonna be looking at you strange and wondering why. It might not make sense to them now, but you tell them about the goodness of God. In every generation, make sure that you tell. That's why when you read the Bible, they always went back and they wrote it down. That's how we get our scriptures, because they wanted to keep a record of his goodness. And so when generations that were in captivity went back and read of his goodness... It stirred up something again, and then they believed God in their generation. See, right now, when you tell your kids of the goodness of God, they look at you like you got four heads. But when their generation begins to have to call on him, they're going to remember, and they're gonna say, you know what? Mom and dad had pointed out that there is a God who is able, and they just might call on him too, but we must never fail, to tell of his goodness. Here's the other thing we do. Is that we tell of his goodness in private. Hallelujah. You must let people know. Put, it, put up my last point for today. Make sure that people know. Speak of God's goodness. Not only in private devotions. But in common conversations. I dare you to do that. I dare you when you at work. To not leave God at home anymore. I dare you actually on Monday morning. To actually say, praise God. Praise God? This is America, you don't praise God in the workforce. I dare you to actually say God is good sometimes. I dare you to actually, not sometimes as in sometimes, but all the time, God's good, God's got to fix the church scene. Um But I dare you to have common conversations. You go out to lunch with a coworker and they talk and all this is happening. Hey, man, listen, and you just bust out, yeah, you know, God has been really good to me, man. Let me tell you all, all the things he's done. And, and you just talk about God like it's your norm, just like they would use Foul language like it's the norm. They've normalized foul language that's in every TV, even in the kids show that we we now can't say nothing about what's happening. They normalize crazy language. I'm going to tell it like it is. It is normal to speak crazy now and nobody looks at you funny. There was a time when kids couldn't cuss in movies. You turn on movies now, they got kids cussing everywhere in the movie. you like, yo, am I the only ones? Like, how they got away with making a five-year-old cuss in this movie? It's acting. Nah, it's cussing. Like, he, at the end, he he cussing. And they normalize this language. They do it to our kids. The teachers in the classroom can cuss, but can't say, God? Y'all see what the enemy is doing? Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And who is it left up to to normalize talking about God? And this is what David is saying. David is saying the reason why we speak about it from generation to generation and hail it in the streets and write songs about it and sing about it is because when we look at what he's done, an incredible God. What else am I going to sing about? What else is my conversation going to be about? What else do you want me to talk about? If my mind is constantly on how good he is, when I talk, I don't want to talk what you want to talk about. I don't care what Netflix special is. Do you know this man who's changed my life? Do you understand that when I went to the doctor, he told me this? but three weeks later he said that the doctor had no power and I'm standing here because of him and you want me to act like he didn't do something for me? Do you understand that my life was going nowhere? Now I'm an entrepreneur owning a business, successful. Do you understand what he's doing in my life? That I came from some a neighborhood where they said you would never get a degree. You would never get nothing. I got one degree, two degrees. I got this master's. I got this doctorate now. Look at what he's done. in my What you want me to talk about? Y'all ain't saying nothing in this building. Say nothing. In it. I praise him wherever I go. Believers are nervous to even tell a cashier when they pay, God bless you. I don't know how they're going to react. Who cares? God bless you. Matter of fact, he's been blessing you. Normalize God talk. And it's what David is saying. David is saying that if you are aware of what he's always doing, it was showing everything you do. The way you talk would be different. You can watch how much you are enamored by him by this. Your words indicate where your mind is. And I always know where my mind is. When I'm complaining, I'm like, your mind ain't on God. When I'm tempted to gossip and say, let me tell you what, let me that, that, that guy. My mind ain't on God. When I complain about inflation, I'm absolutely right. (laughs) It's too much, bro. My mind's on God. This got to stop. You raise gas price anymore. The world is weird. Last week, I just had a moment. I said, wow. You got protesters fighting for their rights over in Canada. You got the government declaring martial law on them. You got Vladimir Putin lining troops up, and according to his news media, they're saying that he doesn't like NATO putting their army over there. According to our news media, he's just big and bad and wanna invade Ukraine. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. from Guyana. <laughs> I'm worried about Venezuela. <laughs>
1: They're
0: gonna cut me off. <laughs> Bye, two people. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's strange. It's the weirdest thing, right? They're like, you're gonna have war Wednesday. We we reschedule that, it's going to come Thursday. (laughs) Like all my life is like, these dudes schedule war now. It's like we are that sophisticated. We are going to bomb you on Thursday, be ready. (laughs) And you got coming out now, and governments trying to regulate cryptocurrency, and people out here just buying mad crypto. Every day a new cryptocurrency is invented. Bitcoin rose today, Bitcoin fall tomorrow. Then we don't know whether to wear a mask or not. Last last night a brother, my brother came up to me and somebody asked, man, how many masks you got on? Cause he like he had like like he was making sure. So I said, you know, we jokingly, I said, yo, he making sure he don't get the original co- the OG COVID. You know that OG COVID. This COVID. I don't want to make light of it, but that original joint, <laughs> that joint had everybody shook. <laughs> I'm done. I'm th- you finished. Close the sermon. But he had, and so, you know, my man said, yo, he, he not trying to get the original, he not trying to get Delta, he not trying to get Omicron, and then somebody said, and he not trying to get air. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to say we don't, we, you, you don't know because, because you're wearing a mask and then John Hopkins, the biggest university, comes out and says, we just found out that it's useless. <laughs> then you look back at Dr. You-Know-Who, first interview where he said they really don't prevent anything. Then they said, get the... You said, yo, ready to go, bro. I got to go to the beach this summer. Light me up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got to get two, light me up again. Like, and then I get cool, Like, I did everything. I see people, some people don't want to come back to church. People have fallen away from, and the world is, all this. and then you turn on the last week, everybody like, Dr. Drayton was live on Super Bowl. (laughs) Krishna's crip walking. (laughs) However you do it. You're like, I know I love Jesus, but I'm a crip today. It's so weird. It's like, it's like we are enamored by celebrities, and we still want to have the normal life, and then we got all these problems, and, and the world is just and then you broke more than you making money, you're making more money than you ever had. Your paycheck is bigger than it ever has, and they're taking more money from it through inflation. It's the weirdest time, and it feels like what's the point of chasing a dream? Because do dreams really matter anymore? Does it strange time? What's going on? Nothing. God is in charge. My protection from COVID was always God. My days are numbered. The hairs on my head, he, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. He can say to anything, stop when he's ready. He can wake up from his sleep on the boat and say, peace be still. He could look at anything and call it what it is and it obeys. The winds obey him. He is God. Let me tell you, no philosophy or ideology could ever compare to this. This ain't about good and evil and how much good. Oh, don't even let me go there. There's none that can be compared with Jesus, y'all. He's Alpha and Omega beginning and the end. The first and the last. Hallelujah. And I believe that with all my heart. But me believing it does not convince you. And my job is not to convince you. I go back to what the old school used to say. I can't prove it to you scientifically. We could argue that forever. I can't prove it to you philosophically. We could argue that forever. But if you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within. If you are enamored by who he is and what he's done in your life, can you stand to your feet? in the strangest of times we live in and say to you be all glory because I have never seen a vacant seat. Come on somebody. Come on somebody. The king has never stepped down for one minute. He's never taken a break. God is still on the throne. glory to you be all honor to you be all praise God God I'm so imperfect God my mind goes to dark places and I worry a lot God, I'm like every other human being, I look around at the world and I, I try not to get into the arguments therein because I don't know everything that is happening. Then you remind me, does it matter? Does it matter what I said? You will never lose a battle. This world could try to dethrone you and silence you all they want. Generations and empires have come and tried to do that. Not one of them is standing. But the kingdom of God is still here, still alive, still alive in your people, God. We don't know what tomorrow holds. This body is frail, this body is decaying. We can't stop that. But God, help us to be like Abraham to know that you work all things together for good. We can't stop a lot of things that are happening. We don't know what's going to happen in the world. We pray for the peace of the world. We pray, God, for the peace of all men. We pray, God, that there wouldn't be such division. We pray, God, that people who don't know peace would find you. Even as believers, God, we don't force our beliefs on people. We allow men to be believing that one day your hands of grace will find them too. But you're in charge. You're in charge. And I would truly understand what you said if my people who are called by my name will humble, will humble, will humble because we're so enamored by everything else that we can't bring ourselves to humility to pray to purpose to say God move move on behalf of this nation again move on behalf of my brothers and sisters move on behalf of us. we're so enamored by the gifts we so want you to fulfill our dreams that we can't stop to pray for your heart the things that are are weighing on your heart God the salvation of men the peace of the world we're so enamored of whether you're going to blow us up Or give us views and likes or money. God, there's not a sparrow that drops that you don't know about or take care of. You said all these things the pagan worry about. But my people, they do this one thing. They seek first the kingdom and my righteousness. Then all these things shall be added. God, let us not want the things added. But let's want the kingdom. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Forgive us, God. Bring us back to where you matter the most. Bring us back to where you are all we want. We don't want God, the rhetoric of the world. We want Jesus. We want your spirit. Would somebody in this house reach out to God? pray over your family, I pray over your lives, I pray God would move in his mighty power an incredible God deserves incredible praise He's done. I just want you to think about what he's done. Think about when you thought you were gonna die. Think about when you thought that it was over. Think about when you thought you couldn't make it and you are still standing. Is he not worthy? Is he not worthy? Think about all that happened. Some of you had some terrible childhood. But it didn't make you a victim. He made you a victor. People in this room that was probably abused and molested. People whose parents probably walked out on them. You're still here, and you're still functioning. You're still out there being great for the glory of God. Isn't He worthy? Isn't He worthy? No devil in hell can ever stop what God's plan is on your life. To you, be all glory and all honor. I- if you don't know Jesus and you want to ask him into your heart, it's not easy. Sometimes you got to turn your back on a lot to follow Jesus, but he promises to restore everything that you feel you will lose. My dad accepted Jesus. He was disowned by his family because he was raised Islamic. He was told, if you go get baptized, don't ever come back in this house. He was beaten. He was locked out. But he found something in Jesus that no other religion could fulfill in him. And it cost him for a moment. But today, his brother is a pastor of one of the biggest churches right here in Queens. His family probably didn't come to the Lord, but he was able to have an impact, and the Lord restored his relationship. So it does cost some people, but God is a restorer. Would you pray with me today if you want Jesus to come into your life? Say, Father God. And if you're watching online, say it with me. Say, Father God, I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of every sin I ask you to be merciful God I believe you died and you rose that I might have life and have it more abundantly I put my faith and my trust in you and from this moment I'm saved thank you for dying for my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God glory. I want to thank all of you for coming out today. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I thank all of you who came out last night in support. It was a wonderful event. And I want to thank everybody who supported the Valentine dinner. I have met with a few of the people in this church and uh, God is doing something incredible. He's raising up other ministers and people in this church and I'm excited about what he's going to do in the future. I really feel that God is about to allow us to do this campuses and every week I I come closer and closer to believe in God we've already got a Queens one right here and we're going to keep this building open and let the work of the Lord flow from here as long as we can and we believe in God for a bigger building somebody asked me this morning how big of a building you want I said "You, you don't want me to answer that I want the whole of New York amen but i'm believing god something that seats maybe four or five hundred people with big enough rooms for children and big enough rooms for youth and for banquets and all the other stuff that we are doing i'm gonna dream a little big amen to do all that we want to do and it is your giving that helps us to get closer and closer to those goals God is good God is good Um, church city is unique I try to speak truth not just ignoring the norms that you hear 24 7 as you leave most most preachers don't touch it because you know (laughs) there's a lot of consequences but I know when you leave this building, the things that storms your mind. And I want to keep you focused on the Lord when you leave. I don't believe God is void from the political world, from the business world, from the education world, from the, the nations. I don't believe God is void of that. I believe he's very much present and active in the affairs of men. But I believe the people of God should be spoken to to keep their eyes on him. And whenever you, you speak sometimes along those lines, you, you it's rough. It's rough, but that's the uniqueness of this church. I believe that's why a lot of you come here because you find something that inspires you to keep going through the week. That when you hear what you hear in the world, you say, God is still on the throne. And if you like what we're doing here, continue to partner with us. Continue to help us build. And those that are watching online, wherever you're watching from and people watching from all over, partner with us. Help us to continue to build this ministry. And when I say partner with us, I don't mean say, as you partner. I don't know how we will be flipping into that. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, don't worry, as you partner, man. All my Guyanese people help me out. Come on, man. There's like four Guyanese people left in this church. We are a dying breed in here. Amen. I'm Guyanese, guys. But the point I'm trying to make is that partnering for us means that you physically take an act to to commit to sowing into our ministry. Amen. We don't tell you how much to give. We leave that between you and the Lord. Those that have been here for a long time are practicing members and giving in their tithe. We thank you and we ask you to continue to support that way. Those of you who are brand new, we welcome you to do so. And those that are watching online... We welcome you to, to give. And the ways are very simple. You can cash app to Church City USA, zellchurchcityusa at gmail.com or go to our website and you can give there. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, thank you for the support. Amen. Hallelujah. I wish I could go and buy the building and tell the man when he say, well, where's the money for the building? I wish I could just say, Jesus paid it all. That ain't the reality for the church. That is not practical. Amen, somebody. Amen. And so I just want to thank you and those that are going to give right now and those that are going to give online and right now if you're giving digitally or if you need an usher to give conventionally, they're over there, just signal them, they'll come to you. I want to pray that God helps you in these tough, inflated times. God, We know that the prices are going up, but your bank account was never empty. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. One time you told them, open the fish mouth, and they found money. You're able to supply all our needs. You're able to stretch the little we have to make it last. Keep your people in these tough times. Provide for them. Bless this church that we may be able to do the things we plan to do as it gets warmer to meet the needs of the community. To be a place where people can come and find refuge. And all the things that you've planted in our hearts to do, please bring them to pass, Father, if they are in your will and for your glory. And I thank you for everyone that is sown. Bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. Put your hands together and give Jesus a round of applause. Hallelujah. My name is Pastor Richard Ishmael, aka Richie Righteous. Follow me on Instagram at Richie Righteous. Make sure y'all get vacant seat. I'm gonna turn you over to Minister Denzel Skeet, who's gonna come right now and he's gonna close us out today. Come on, give it up for him, y'all. Amen.
2: If you are blessed today, make some noise. Come on. Amen. Great word. Please apply it to your life. Amen. Amen. I take it with you into the week. So I'll be giving you the announcements for this week that's coming up. Um, on Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Zoom, we have our Bible study. Um, Sister Dejean is doing a wonderful job. So if you can tune in, you will be blessed. I'm telling you something that's amazing. It's one hour. You know, take that hour, come in on Zoom. You can do it in your car. If you're moving around, you don't got to just follow. Amen, amen. Um, On Friday, we have youth service again at 8 p.m. All the youth, can you make some noise? They sleeping. Anyway, listen, at 8 p.m., if you have a young person, please send them out. I'm dealing with high school and college age, so let them come out. It's amazing. Somewhere that they can build and get the word of God at their level, and we love to build these relationships. Amen? Amen? All right. If you're at home and you're watching on YouTube or on Facebook, Please subscribe. And if you're in the building and you're not subscribed to the church, please subscribe to everything that we have. Follow us on YouTube and uh, Instagram and all the good stuff. Amen? And on Wednesday, all the men, can you make some noise? There you go. Man, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But Pastor Rich is inviting us all out for a special men's meeting at 7 p.m. So please make a special effort to come out this Wednesday at 7 p.m all right it's going to be amazing and if you've ever been to one before you know what it's like if it's your first time you have a wonderful time all right if you did give your heart to the lord today please let one of us know you can send an email or see one of the ushers and let them know amen and all our apparel if you're in the building we have a lot of merch in the back you can get something nice and if you're at home just go to churchcityusa.com and you can get one of those wonderful items amen amen and it was great seeing you all today if you had a good time make some noise come on come on yes you can wave at your neighbor or smile depending on if you got a mask on or not amen amen but we like to end it off in a nice way so in the midst of crisis we are focused on who christ is amen enjoy your week church city